Hi, and welcome to worship. Merry Christmas. Well, I suppose Christmas has come, but you're probably still celebrating. I'm Pastor Jason, and it is a great day to celebrate what God has done. We're glad you're here to celebrate as we worship together today. Pastor Jim has got a sermon ready for us. We're going to hear about a new season in his own life. He's going to talk out of the Psalms. He's going to talk about Moses. And I don't really know where he's going to take us, but it's going to be a great adventure. Really glad you're here. Now we're going to hear from Stephanie as she shares with us some ways that we can connect at Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Stephanie. We hope you had a fabulous Christmas. The new year is right around the corner, and this is a perfect time for you to find new ways to get involved and make a difference in someone's life. One of those ways is through our Jobs for Life program as a champion. In this program, you'd walk alongside a participant, helping them and mentoring them as they go through their job training process. A new session is starting up on January 12th, making this the perfect time for you to jump in and get involved. Find out more at sumc.co slash jfl. If you're new to Schweitzer and have been wanting to learn more about us, we invite you to join us for our next virtual all-in gathering. This event will occur on January 12th at 6 p.m. online, and you'll be able to meet the pastoral staff, get your questions answered, and just learn more about taking a next step. Find out more at sumc.co slash all-in. Thanks, Stephanie, for letting us know how we can connect here at Schweitzer. If you're worshiping with us live, we encourage you to use the chat feature and the prayer feature. And for all of us, we'd like to invite you to check in. If you're new worshiping with us for the first time, we'd love to send you a card just to say thanks for being here. The prophet Micah says in the Old Testament, from the rising of the sun until its setting, the name of the Lord shall be praised among all nations. Today is a great day to praise the Lord. And KJ and the band have a great song for us. He shall reign forevermore. Let's worship together. Give to him my heart and he shall 
need the starry skies This baby born for sacrifice Christ the Messiah Into our hopes, into our fears The Savior of the world appears The promise of eternal years Christ the Messiah As we come to a time of prayer, I'd like to guide us in a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer that speaks about how the Lord is our hope. We can turn to Him. And then we're going to give a, an opportunity, for all of us an opportunity, to give thanks for the gift of Christ. And then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. So I invite you to join me in a time of prayer. Lord, kind Father, as we come to you today, would you save your people, Lord? Would you bless your inheritance? Would you govern and uphold us now and always? Day by day, we have moments where we bless you. We praise your name forever. Lord, keep us from sin today. Have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, show us your love and mercy, for we put our trust in you. In you, O Lord, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain because you've sent Christ into our world. Let's take a moment, friends, and give God thanks for the gift of Christ to us and the gift of Christ to our world. And now will you join me in saying the prayer Jesus taught his disciples and us, when together with one voice we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At Christmas, we celebrate the joy of gifts.
because we celebrate the gift that God has given to us in Christ and we have a great deal of joy in giving to others and being a part of just extending the sense of love that, that has come to us. Today, we want to say thanks to you for your faithfulness week in and week out in giving to the Lord, in giving to Schweitzer, in being a partner with God in ministry. We want to say thanks for giving and being a part of this new ministry called Flourish that God is raising up in our midst. As we give today, you can go to sumc.co slash give. And thank you so much for being faithful in your tithes and offerings. Thank you for being a part of a new ministry called Flourish. Thank you for celebrating, on being on the receiving end and celebrating by giving to others through what God has given to you. Let us give with much joy today.
This year we have been blessed to hear all kinds of stories about how God is at work in people's lives. The series has been called 52 Stories, and today we approach our final story. Would you join me in listening to how God has been active in the life of Tony Palmer? Let's lean in and listen. Uh, I've been attending Schweitzer for about three and a half years. I have been involved in a Sunday school, Lost and Found. Uh, now we attend virtually. I also have been involved in First Impressions as a greeter and now as an online host. One of the other things I do is I uh, help out at the pantry. I was brought up in a Christian home. I was brought up Missouri Synod Lutheran and attended uh, parochial schools from kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, however, when I went away to college, that kind of fell by the wayside. I wasn't as, uh, I didn't attend church regularly, I didn't participate regularly, and I led a, a college lifestyle. Uh, then after several years of teaching, I was a teacher for 100 years, and as several years of teaching, I got married and we moved from uh, Missouri to North Carolina, and there uh, was exposed to um, a substance that caused breast cancer that I found out about 20 years later. Uh, I, from there, we moved in uh, Colorado. Uh, and stayed there for about six years. Again, did not attend church regularly. I always felt like I was a good person and that was enough to be a Christian, uh, but wasn't really pursuing a relationship with God. Um, when we moved back to Missouri, when I was about to have our first son, we decided it was time to start going to church. Uh, throughout those years, I was part of a Sunday school. I did some Bible studies. I did disciple uh, Bible study and felt like I was growing and we brought our kids up in the church. Um, but I found that maybe throughout the years I, I hopefully grew more uh, through in that relationship with God. And I, and I really feel that we had significant setbacks. When we moved here, my husband was sued and we lost everything from our cars to our house to any money we had in the bank. And so we started over with two little boys. Um, I think though that God was telling me that we were relying on ourselves and we thought we were doing, we were doing it all on our own. Um, and that he needed to show me that I needed to rely on him. And, and since that time, I've tried more. You know, it kind of brought me to my knees and, and, and feel like, you know, I've never had a day of going hungry. My kids haven't either. We were able to start, uh, you know, I, I was teaching again. We were able to start over. Um, and while we don't have everything that we want, we have more than enough of what we need. Uh, and I think I've, I really felt that what I've come to find out is that, I, well, I didn't know it, Jesus was waiting for me all the time. 
My name is Tony Palmer, and this is just the beginning of my story. Hi, friends. I'm Jim, and it's good to be with you on this last Sunday of 2020. Four more days to a new year. I hope you had a really good Christmas Eve and Christmas we did differently. And this is an interesting time of the year, isn't it? I know for me and Roxanne, we we take this time to look back as well as forward. We let go as we anticipate as to what's next. And so for us, as we look into uh, 2021, we look back also in 2020. Think about a year ago, just a year ago. For me, for us, uh, Roxanne and I, life is good, ministry is good, still is, but it's different. It's quite different. We then in February, uh, we traveled. We took a trip uh, to relax with four friends, four lifetime friends from St. Louis. And we went to Cardinal Spring Training uh, down in Florida, uh, enjoyed the games, relaxed, walked on the beach, uh, played team trivia with others, other teams, uh, local eatery. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We came back and in, uh, in March, early March, uh, life as usual, March 10th, March 13th, everything changed. Everything changed. And when I look back, I'm different and I've changed. And hopefully with God's leading, I've become more adaptable and flexible, hopefully more creative. I know I'm finding more meaning in life. I treasure life more. I want to live it in a way that is intentional, but I really want to enjoy it in the present as I plan for the future. And I know also that I'm really thankful. I am really thankful for the little things in life. For time, time seems different, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. For opportunities, for friends and relationships. Wow, am I, am I thankful. And I'm thankful for the things I, I used to take for granted, as I said, the little things. And most of all, I'm, I'm thankful for faith, hope, and love. And so this year, this coming year, what's next for us? And what does, what does God have for us? What does God say? And uh, how will we live differently? We're going to explore those questions. But let's begin with Psalm 92. We're going to read from it today. And for me, the Psalms this past year have taken on new meaning. Uh, I, uh, I read the Psalms. They sound very personal. There's more clarity to them. And I sense it's God telling me uh, how to see life, and maybe you too, how to, how to see life and how do we respond to this life that uh, God has given us in this life. Now, I love what Eugene Peterson says about the Psalms. They're the Hebrew uh, songbook, po poetry and prayer, and right in the middle of the Bible. But Eugene Peterson says this about the Psalms. Most Christians from most Christian centuries have learned to pray by praying the Psalms. The Hebrews, with several centuries of a head start, a head start on us in matters of prayer and worship, provided us with this prayer book that gives us a language adequate for responding to the God who speaks to us. I love that. And I love how the Psalms were written for people just like us, people that were going through some really hard times, challenging times, also good times. 
People wanted to go back. They lament for the old days. But also they saw a future with God because they knew God is steadfast love. And so again, they look to the future, what God has next for them. And this is us too. So I invite you to hear these words from Psalm 92, which was used and still is for praise and worship. Here we go. It is good to praise the Lord and to make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. You, O Lord, are exalted forever. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Proclaiming, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Well, let's unpack what the psalmist has for us of the Holy Spirit. If you look at these words, it begins with uh, praise and make music. And that's really our response to what God is doing, what God has done in creation and God's saving work as we're responding. It's good and right to, to worship and praise the Lord. And then the Lord it's very clear the Lord is, is love and faithfulness. And above all, that's who God is. And then the righteous, the people who live in right relationship with God, uh, they will flourish like a palm tree, uh, prosper, live fully, if you will, in spirit. And a palm tree, a tr majestic tree, lives uh, a full life and uh, in nature is just uh, beautiful. And then the cedars of Lebanon are very similar. What the psalmist is saying, these were majestic trees in Lebanon. And they, uh, resilient, lived over a thousand years, some of them, uh, highly desired and beautiful trees. As the psalmist describes uh, this, uh, this aspect of life with God, describing the righteous. And then planted in the house of the Lord, the righteous are nourished by God and have a foundation and they will bear fruit. They'll live uh, not only productive lives, but whole lives that glorify God. In old age, they'll bear, bear fruit, and they'll stay fresh and green. I love that. Fresh and green, a beautiful image. And then proclaiming, not just saying, but proclaiming that the Lord is upright. This is God's character. God's character, upright. God is our rock. And God's character, there is no wickedness. God is completely righteous and good and true. And so these are promises that we have in this psalm. And these are promises for the new year as well, just as they were for people in ancient times. These words are life, always, for the people of God. Now, one verse in here really uh, speaks to me. Uh, I turned 65 this year, and so verse 14 where it says, they will still bear fruit in old age. I love that. I love that. Uh, still, it, it means before that we're bearing fruit, but in old age, uh, they'll continue to have a vital, full life with God. We'll stay green and fresh. Our bodies may age, but our spirit can be fully alive in life with God, in, in ministry with God for a lifestyle, a lifetime. Again, I love that. The, that God has meaning and purpose for us all our lives. And I love also how Ben Franklin, an American sage, you probably didn't see that coming, but Ben Franklin, he says, I love this from him, 
Those who love deeply never, they never grow old. They may die of old age, but they die young. Well, I think about aging and growing old as, as I'm there. And I look forward in a way that I think I do because I've had a person, an older person in my life, early in my life, that had a really, really significant impact on me. And that person is named Grandpa Finney. Now, he was the best growing up, my grandpa. I loved him, loved being with him. People loved Finney. So I wrote down some of the characteristics of his life, and I, I want you to hear these as I, uh, as I looked back and how I'm still inspired by him. This is who he was, and I never knew him younger than 62. He was playful, interested, attentive, resourceful, hardworking, nurturing, faithful, resilient, creative, loved nature, had big gardens, and would be on his knees pulling weeds. He was wise and he was upright. Again, people lived, loved him. He knew how to throw a party and he could dance. And we played catch together. He was a lefty. He was a lefty pitcher. We played catch together until his 70s and probably early 80s. And again, this is a man I never knew, younger than 62, and he changed my life and inspires me still. I believe that in God's economy, God's design, seasoned people, older people, are to live with significance and meaning and purpose their whole life. And God shows up as we're available in this life that God's designed for us. And the scriptures tell us so. And God is so personal. Uh, it is such a, really an amazing thing that God is so personal, um, a beautiful aspect of God's character, that God speaks to us, leads us, guides us. And we hear voices, don't we? I know that God speaks through others. I think most of the time we also hear whispers. We have promptings. And in our thoughts and prayers, God, God speaks. So what do we do with these conversations? Well, I hope that we lean in, that we lean in. And one of my favorite God talks, if you will, conversations between what was a normal guy, a shepherd, um, this, this conversation is striking and so personal. And his name is Moses. And so a little backstory on Moses. Many of us know it, but it's, it's quite a story. Moses lived about 1,400 years ago, and he had a princely, uh, regal life to begin with. And then... Uh, he murdered an Egyptian, lived in the house of Pharaoh, murdered an Egyptian, was oppressing an Israelite. So he had to flee a long way. And so he fled and years went by and he was a shepherd and he was available. An angel appeared, sound familiar? And then God, God shows up in a burning bush. So Moses is intrigued, of course. And so Moses checks out this burning bush. And so I'm going to read this conversation that begins in Exodus 3 in the Bible. And I'm going to play both parts, so bear with me here. Bear with me. And so I'll start with what God says, and then we'll hear what Moses and this, this beautiful conversation, personal conversation. So God says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am. And God says, do not come any closer. And God describes himself, and Moses is afraid, and, and there's uh, conversation in there, but then God says, so now go, I am sending you to bring my people out of Egypt. And Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God says, I will be with you 
And Moses says, suppose I go and say, more details in there. And then he says, what should I tell them? Who sent me? God says, I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you, go. And then there's more details about God's promise to be with Moses, to deliver and to rescue. Moses says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not speak to you? God says, well, what he does is give him a lot of tools. Gives him a long conversation, tells him about his mission, tells him how he's going to accomplish it. And Moses says, Lord, Lord, I have never been eloquent. Not past, not now. I'm slow in speech. God admonishes him, gets a little angry with him and says to him, now Moses, go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And Moses says, oh Lord, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. I love this conversation. This is so human. How Moses gives five excuses or questions back to God. And this is who we are, is the human condition. Uh, oftentimes, I know when I've heard a voice, I've put God off, ignored it, or asked God to send someone else. But yet God never gives up on us and always pursues us. And the rest of this story is, is so cool in that, of course, God is faithful, but Moses is too. God came to Moses as a shepherd in his midlife and gave him new meaning and purpose. And Moses was faithful and then served God for another 60, 70, 80 years until 120 years, this beautiful life with God. Now, uh, that's a great story. But remember, Moses was an ordinary guy when a shepherd, when God sought him, pursued him as he was available. It was a very personal conversation. And now I'd, I'd like to get personal with you. You and I and us as a church. I am... Uh, I'm in pre-retirement. I'm approaching retirement. I'm heading into a second season, uh, the next season of life. And uh, actually, Roxanne and I are in a category that's called could be retired. We could be retired, but we still love what we do and feel uh, we have purpose and meaning. But we know there'll be a time when we retire. Now, many of you are retired. God bless you. That's awesome. Uh, good for you. And I think all of us then... Uh, have the uh, dream or aspiration to retire. I mean, that's the American dream, right? Well, I've been reading a lot about retirement from a secular uh, viewpoint as well as a faith uh, viewpoint. Roxanne and I have a financial person, if you will, uh, uh, to help us steward, to manage the resources God has given us. They're all God's. To help us manage those really well uh, through life and be generous. But I also have a coach and mentor from a faith perspective. And his name is Clayton Smith. And he was the pastor here in the 80s. And my relationship with Clayton, I, uh, I just really love it. And I'm reading his book uh, called At the Crossroads. And he writes in his book, our world is going through a major transition, a major transition. The number of older adults will increase at an alarming rate during the next three decades. Is this for better or worse? One view is, is really positive, one view. This view argues that older adults are inspiring role models. Members of the baby boomer generation, that's from 1946 to 1965, have proven survival skills, proven survival skills, and are becoming pioneers on aging well. 
while living much longer. And then in chapter two of his book, I love this question that Clayton asks. What do I need to do to find purpose in the rest of my life? What do I need to do to find purpose in the rest of my life? That's something that I, I think about. And then on, on this page, very near this question, is this scripture. And it's from Ephesians, uh, second chapter, 10th verse. We are God's accomplishments, God's accomplishments created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be the way, to be the way that we live our lives. So there's the answer right there in scripture. God has a plan as we do life with God to do good things, to be of purpose and meaning as we are able with God. And John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, he was always a pretty frank guy uh, in his uh, ministry. And he's, this quote uh, strikes me as well. He says, don't let me live to be useless because he knew that the sin of self-centeredness, when we're focused on ourselves completely, we miss what life is really about. And so John uh, Wesley and his teachings uh, really encouraged us through the scripture to be a living life with others and giving ourselves away as Christ would have us do. And then for C.S. Lewis, who's the, the theologian that so many of us love so well in his writings, uh, an inspiring uh, author in the mid-1900s, Christian author, he said this, and I believe this to my core, to my core because I've experienced it with so many saints. You are never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. Again, I believe that completely. And so speaking of dreams, I want to tell you about a dream and an aspiration uh, that I believe God has put on my heart and some others that I've been talking with um, to, to create with the help of many others, and I'll talk about that, a new ministry. And it's called Second Season. And this phrase was coined by Bob Lund, who is a friend and a person who I've uh, been in ministry with for many years. He's a lay leader here in, in so many ways. Bob coined that phrase, Second Season. We believe this new ministry is, is God's inspiration, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to help us as a tool to live uh, fully uh, our entire lives. And we, uh, we believe the ministry would be for people either 50, 55 plus. And myself and Bob and Cheryl Mall, who is a, a seasoned person, are getting there as well. I think I can say that, Cheryl. Um, and then Clayton Smith. We've, we've been throwing out around ideas about what we believe. We've been praying and exploring about this ministry. And we think this ministry second season would, would uh, complement or supplement Already, already are excellent groups and classes and give us another opportunity to connect, build around relationships, uh, pray with each other. And we would uh, do life together because we'd be able to uh, share similar experiences and so much more. Now we would start slow is what we're thinking and what we think the Spirit's telling us. And we, we can envision maybe one or two big events a year, big events here at Schweitzer, experiences that would give us clarity around aging well. And that could be so many things. The, the possibilities are endless. And so how do we age well with meaning and purpose? Big events. And then also, uh, perhaps, uh, a monthly gathering, same day, some, uh, same time, where we 
have fellowship. We have fun. God's, God's for fun. Uh, God believes in uh, uh, recreation, fun. But more than fun, well, we probably have food too because that's good. Um, we can always uh, enjoy food. But we have an experience, a monthly experience where uh, we might learn something. We might go somewhere in the community. We might invite the community in. Um, there's so many, again, so many possibilities. And we think that topics like, for example, broad topics could uh, draw not only us, but God could use them to draw others uh, uh, into an experience like grandparenting skills that really build families and relationships. Grandparenting, we've looked at uh, some other ministries and uh, is, is really a helpful uh, skill to have. And so I think about my grandpa, Finney, uh, who changed my life. So that could be one broad topic that we could consider. I believe, and I know you know, that us old people, us seasoned people, have the power to change the world with God. And so 20, oh, before I, before I forget, before I forget, I have two things I need you to do for me, please. So email me with your thoughts and ideas about second season, this potential ministry. What are you thinking? Interests? Anything you have, email me. Uh, please do that. Also, we're going to get a survey out to you early in 2021. In January, a survey, please complete it and send it back because if this ministry is desired and needed, and we believe it is, but we, we want to hear from you. Uh, fill this out, get, us, get it back to us because we know that if this ministry is desired, needed, and to be created, we're going to need a lot of help and we're going to need empowered lay leaders as well. So be thinking about that. So thanks for doing both of those. Email, survey, appreciate you. And now, as we wrap up today, we're going to land the plane here. 2021 is coming. It's a new year and we can apply the lessons of the last year. But what's next for us, really? Well, I'm also uh, reading a book called Halftime by an author named Bob Buford. And Bob was a really successful businessman, really successful. And then he tragically lost a young adult son. And when this occurred, uh, as I read it, Bob just kind of paused and he began to ponder the question, what do I want to be remembered for? And God met Bob Buford in this question and God began to change his focus. He was still really successful in business and that's good. But he began to change and relationships became primary. And instead of just seeking success, he began to seek significance through relationships. And so for us, I think about this and the question, what do we want to be remembered for? What do we want to be remembered for? Well, let's do land the plane. Let's close with a beautiful, simple prayer today from Clayton's book. So let's pray together as I read this. Holy God, dear Lord, God, you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You do not change, but our human lives are full of change. Help us to stay fresh and green in you for your good purposes. Lead us, guide us, our lives. You, Lord, are our rock. We trust you. In the name of the Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you in this new year.
Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for everybody who helped put this together today, this worship. We appreciate you. Share this with your family and friends. We appreciate you doing that as well. And now, have a great, great New Year.